Hey, welcome everybody to the Best Small Business in the World podcast. I am Scardy McKee. I'm here with Matt Fitzsimmons. Um, we are going to talk about something that might get a little uncomfortable for you guys. All right. <laughs> it's bound to get uncomfortable, right? Well, well it, it's going to because we're we're a little, uh, got a little riled up. We, we were talking about different, <laughs> we're talking about a couple different topics today, but um, as we started discussing, we're like, you know what? Just follow the damn recipe. Okay, so that's that's what we're going to talk about today. Follow the recipe. Don't reinvent the wheel. Zen mind, beginner's mind. Okay, but um, let's let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. Matt, you want to give them a quick intro or a synopsis of what we're kind of going to hit hit on here? So, so basically, one of the things that that Steve and I both say, and and if you're listening to this podcast, I am sure this is going to ring a bell with you, is that you. You, you hear about something and it seems logical and straightforward and, and like the right thing to do because it's been done a hundred times before and it's tried and proven and that sort of thing. And then you sit and then you get to the point where you're going to implement something like that yourself and then you change it and you just say, oh, well, you know, what if we did this, but uh, what if we just change it up and, and that sort of thing? And it's just like, and as coaches, we're sitting there going, no, don't do this. Right. We know what works. Trust me, this is not our first radio Trust me, if you just do this, it will work. I promise you. And well, it's why we have little indentations in our head because we're like banging <laughs> the wall, you know? Well, it's the same, it's the same thing you're dealing with with your teams, right? So for those of you listening, you're you know, you have a new process or idea or something that you're rolling out, a way that you're gonna do things, or you're you know, or put it this way, you I'm sure everybody's experienced this, you're training somebody. Right, they're new to the job, and they're like, "Oh, well, right off the bat, oh, well, we used to do it this way here, or we did this this way there, or you know, what about this?" And and I, I finally got to the point, and I'll I'll tell you the background, of the story, but I finally got to the point where I was like, "Stop, you're not allowed," and I wouldn't quite say it this way; I'd be a little bit more diplomatic, okay? But you're not allowed to have an opinion until you've done it a few times. Yeah. Okay. Until you've done it, because because there's a world, a world, a world of difference between reading about something or seeing it on paper or even a video or demo and actually doing it and performing it. Right. You can read about a golf swing all day long. That's great. In theory, you know, we look at magazines and stuff like that. But then you go and try to apply it. That's different. And I think, Matt, you were alluding to there's a certain level of mastery. Once you achieve a certain level of mastery and you want to innovate and improvise, that's right. That's cool. Innovation is great once you've actually, like, you've mastered it. I'm I'm sure Tiger Woods and all those professional golfers or professional sports people, they all innovate in their own sort of way. But they've mastered the basics and they, they got taught by a coach who probably taught them in the same way they taught somebody else because they know what works. They know that a certain way of swinging the um, the club, the right way of doing it. Now, once they live, uh, achieve that level of mastery, sure, they can tweak it and they can make those tiny little adjustments which make them the greatest players in the world. But, um, and this is coming from a guy who doesn't follow golf, nor, nor has played golf in a well, very long time. Pick but your sport. Right? <laughs> I do mountain biking because that's about as good as it can get. Yeah. But it is, it is, it's about getting it right first and then tweaking it. It's so I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. So at the moment, uh, I'm working with a business, and we're implementing some meeting 
rhythms and, and that sort of thing. So this is a really important part of implementing your strategy in a business is having some meeting rhythms to hold each other accountable and that sort of thing. And they, so I'm, I'm working with one of the three teams within this organization and they want to have a, um, a Monday morning management meeting where they just go over the priorities for the week and, and that sort of stuff. And it's all really good. And I, I said, the basic format for a meeting is this, 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 and this, which is which is great. And I said, yeah, that's cool. Well, how about we do this before this, and then I have to leave halfway through and da-da-da. And I'm sitting there going, no, 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 no. i tell you what, <laughs> just let's try it this way for, for six months, and then we can see what's working. What, well, we'll do that in the first couple of weeks, see what's working, what's not. But there is a tried and true format that you have, like, for example, you don't have a meeting in this particular organization at eight o'clock on a Monday because the numbers aren't prepared for the previous week. So we have it at 10 o'clock, which gives us the first two hours to get our reports ready for that meeting and that sort of thing. And um, they said, oh, we can do it later in the day. It's like, no, no, you want to start the week productively, all that sort of thing. And right. they were so busy trying to sit there and go, we can do this, we can do this. And I was just, how about we just do it the way that we all, well, I can promise you it works. And they eventually, okay, 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 that's cool. And then eventually they did it. And so we've been doing it for three weeks now. Um, and it's working really, really well. And they were like, we don't want to change anything now. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of work backwards. So yeah, let me okay. tell you about my friend Bruce. So years and years and years ago, well, I mean, decades ago, um, we used to brew beer and enter competitions, right? And we'd go with, Bruce would enter his beers and I'd enter beers and other, other friends would enter these beers, right? And I would create a recipe. I would try to figure it all out. I would, you know, I would do my research, design everything of, of what I did, and Bruce would win. And <laughs> and it would piss me off because because I knew Bruce had bought a kit. He didn't come up with a recipe. He didn't do anything. you know, he, he bought a kit off the shelf and he made the kit. And then he would show up and he would laugh on the way home. You know, when I would just be so frustrated right and he just laughed and what he said was and what it, this is this is the genius part is like betty crocker wins every time <laughs> and i true. just just went you're such a jerk but <laughs> but 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 he's right and as he said he's so true right so think about that think about think about the betty crocker let's use it like literally you buy a box cake of betty crocker cake mix and you read the instructions and you've never baked a cake before and you decide, ah, oh, I'm gonna throw in chocolate chips or I'm gonna do use yogurt instead of butter or whatever, you know, is it gonna work? Why, 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 why would you not follow the directions on the box the mm. first time? And the first, the first dozen times, first half dozen, right? But once, once you've done it, for six, eight, ten times, and then you want to try something new. Totally cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you've got to have that level of mastery. You know, it's funny because in in, in our book, uh, the book that we wrote together, the best small business in the world, there is a tried and true way of developing a strategy for your business. We know right. this because like we've been we've using done it. this. I've been using it for twenty two years. I right. promise you, it works. If you just do it, it works. I promise you. And um, and we have our drop-in group, and and we have people occasionally. And they sit there and go, "Well, I was kind of thinking about approaching it from a different angle." It's just like, 
why would you do that? <laughs> why yeah, would you do why? that? Why? But um, why? I mean, like, it's it's not that you can't personalize things or, or or you know put your own slant on things, but there is normally a proven methodology. Jack Daly does it really well. Mm-hmm. He says you roll practice because you, you you don't want to practice on your clients. You don't want to practice on anything else. You want to spend time doing the basics and getting the basics absolutely right before you learn to be. Uh, you know, really unique and all that sort of stuff. You've got to do the basics right. If you don't get those right, you're going to get nothing else right. Um, and um, he 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 promises. Oh, well, he practices in his businesses that you would do role practice to get the basics down pat, so they become just your your operating system. That's normal. That you just do this, 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 and this, and it's just ingrained because the basics work. There is a formula that works. That's been proven. You do the formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of practice. That When I heard Jack say that, we was at a talk here in San Francisco, and he was speaking to us, right? And uh, he, I was running a business with, I don't remember, six locations at the time and 40 employees or something like that, right? And he said, if you're not practicing with each other, you're practicing on your customers. Yeah. And I just went, oh, man. that hits that hits hard right i'm like oh we don't want to be practicing on the customers so that's where the you know the process stuff comes in and then you know jack had a certain methodology for doing it i mean it's in his book you can check it out but but the idea of role playing observing being you know being the client being the salesperson in his case and going through and doing those things and then working on working on your skill it's like taking at bats you know it, or you know going to the driving range or um in driving on the track it's called seat time right i had an instructor one time tell me that you know i, I was kind of frustrated right i'm not fast i'm not fast on the track and he and what he was saying to me was well you know you've got all the basics down he's like you're doing everything right you know how to handle the car you know where the brake points are you know it's like you just need more seat time and I'm like, okay. ah, got yeah, it. Right. right. You just need, you need more laps, mm-hmm. you know, and as you do it and as you refine, as you fine tune, you know, and get the timing down and get the positioning down and all that, you'll go smoother and smoother and faster and faster. Yeah. Just, you need, yeah. you need the seat time. And that's something we don't do enough of, right? So true. Yeah. Seat time. Getting the basics right. Getting the basics down packed. Um, I don't drive race cars, but I can imagine, you know, the way that you approach a corner, if you got half a percent better every time you went to the track, by the 20th time, you're 10% better, you know, like, like you're looking for fractional gains, but you've got to master how to, how to get through that corner. And if you don't, if you can't master it, then it doesn't matter how fast your car is, you're going to be out the back. Makes perfect sense. Well, it's, it's a fun tangent here real quick. Hank Watts wrote a book, um, the Basics of, basics of Solo One. Solo One's autocross, but he's also written uh, descriptions. Um, and Hank has track records around, for especially for amateur, um, at a bunch of their tracks in California and other places and stuff, right? And I actually, my roll bar in my car was Hank's roll bar. So um, I have a personal attachment to all this too. But in one of his descriptions, he's writing about, um, and he's an engineer by background too. So very precise, very specific. I mean, if you read his stuff, it's great. If you if you drive on the track, if you're gonna drive a track, read his description. But um, 
you know, he'll tell you exactly where the car needs to be, exactly where it needs to be pointed, what position it needs to be in, when you're going to shift, all these things. And it varies a little bit depending upon the car and the power and the, you know, the speeds you're carrying, whatever. But when he's talking about apexing a turn, um, he says plus or minus three inches. Otherwise, I can't be responsible for you. Three inches in a cat. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, if he says put your tire here, he means put your tire there. Right. Because if you're going what what they call it is limits of adhesion. Right. Meaning you're about to lose control all the time. Right. If you're not, you're not going fast enough. So you're on the edge of what your tires can hold traction wise. Yeah. If you're off by, you know, more than a few inches, you're going to go off the other side of the course or you're going to spin the car or, you know, bad things happen. But again, why would you improvise and innovate something new or a different approach rather than follow Hank's advice the first time you drove that track? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Three inches, really? Three inches. I'm, I'm scratching my head because I'm not the world's greatest driver by any street. <laughs> That's why I drive a big four-wheel drive because you get it wrong, but <laughs> get to win, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, you're also not driving at the edge all the time, right? We, we hope not. You can't drive like that on the street. If you're driving like that on the street, you're getting arrested. I, I had a question the other day. Actually, on the very subject, do they have paved roads in New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> and I was going to really mess with them and say, and I was going to take a photo of my driveway, which is gravel, and sit there and go, nah, nah, this is State Highway 1. You know, <laughs> this is one-lane driveway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, on the, on the limits of traction, I have been accused of that in the past by um, Her Majesty's Police, uh, police Services, but um, <laughs> that's an entirely different story. But if I was a business owner listening to this, one of the takeaways that you can actually um, th- that you can actually implement is by, okay, so we talk about systems a lot. We sort of talk about systems and process because we know those things work. Um, the, the, the simplest process you can have is the first interaction that your customer has with the business. And I would go away and look at that and how you can optimize it and deconstruct, take it all apart and go, how can I make it better than what it is? What's the perfect way of a customer to come into our business and to have a great experience? And then do that and train everyone to do that in in a way, in a certain way. Look at restaurants, look at bars, look at look at any successful business. They have a way of bringing people into their business and giving them an amazing first impression. And I would right. start and systemize it, train everyone to do exactly and precisely the same thing. I'm going to call it something that's patently obvious to you, Matt, but may not be based on my experiences with a lot of business owners, right? Step one to that is write down what's actually happening. Okay, that's something that for some reason it gets skipped all the time, all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So when Matt's saying, you know, how that first interaction with the customer, that's great. I don't care if it's an idea in your head or it's something your team are doing. Write down the, the checklist, write down the steps. What do they do? What do they do in what sequence? Once it's written down, now you can, you know, you basically just drew up the recipe. Right. Mm-hmm. But now you can improvise. Now you can take you can change it. You can look at the sequence. You can ask questions like, is this the best way to do it for our, from from our customer's perspective? Yeah. Right. Or if that's not important to you, is this the most efficient way? 
Yeah. Right. So, but but until it's written down, again, you're you, you've skipped a, a critical step, and you you don't have the system that you can start to, you know, uh, improve upon. Well, it's not repeatable. If it's written down, it's repeatable because I can give you a sheet of paper, take you through it, and then you can do exactly right. the same. Um, a, a client I'm working with at the moment, um, they, they, they're reinventing their customer service and they have little cue cards, which are about the size of a business card um, that they hold in their hand. And it's just, they just add bullet points on there to make sure that they don't forget when they're going through um, uh, their initial conversation with, with their clients, they don't forget anything. They've just got six different things there that they that they make sure that they go through. And it's it's probably half that size, actually. It's, it's just this tiny little thing they hold in their hand to make sure that Whilst they can use their own words, what they cover off is absolutely identical and in the right order. And in, in their in their business, the order right. of uh, of this is really important. Um, well, and so they've written it down. They've given themselves a little cue card, which is simple and basic, but really effective. Yeah, the the sequencing thing is super important, right? So there was, um, and it can make all the difference. And I like this example. Like I saw it in an, it was an email copy example, and the guy was making a a point of sequencing. And he's like, look, if I make a casserole and I fry the bacon first and then, you know, drain it and then mix the bacon into my casserole and stuff, it's whatever, it's really good, right? If I lay the bacon on top at the end and bake it, right, instead of frying it up first and then mixing it in, that's going to change the entire character of the casserole and not for the better, mm. right? So, it can it can be the same ingredients was kind of his point right this the 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 sequence that you put them into play could make a, a huge huge difference so it might not even be that you change your system it might be that you move step eight to step three because it's better for the customer 100 percent, yeah so that's something that, that if, if you listen to the podcast you're like well this all sounds fun and dandy what can i do maybe just go and 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 capture on paper like Steve says, and so so right because you're but I've got an idea all the time. Ideas aren't worth anything until they're implemented. So get a bit of paper, write it down, and then go through and optimize it, and and then go through and ask your team how how can we make this even better, uh, and then and then go back again, make see how we can make it better and better and better, and then train everybody on a simple system that's as good as it can possibly be. That everyone does exactly the same thing every single time, and and. That's the probably the, the easiest win you can get if you can get everybody delivering the same thing. That would be yeah. a massive win. Yeah, you're not leaving it to chance, right? Yeah. Some, we figure out the best way to do it, and then we get some consistency. And if you're not sure where, where you are right now with this, mystery shop your your own business. Oh yeah, you know? that's great. Yeah. You know, have your have your friend call and just put it on speaker and write down and listen, record it, you know, but listen. So what happens and maybe do that a couple of different times with different people if you have multiple people and see if it's is it at all consistent throw a couple of curveballs at them ask them some questions and see how they handle it because you know i i've been calling a lot of businesses through the month of may and um i will tell you that the variability from front desk you know folks who are answering the phone it is all over the place. There are some of them have it locked in and they are awesome. And there are others that I, I don't I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm just like ask somebody, can I leave a message? Oh, you want to leave a message? Yeah, can I leave, leave a message? Well, um, 
yeah, they're going to be back tomorrow afternoon. And I'm like, okay, so, so can I leave a message? Well, um, all right. They obviously don't have a process for leaving a message. Which should be like pad, paper, to, from. Like. Right. I, I mean, a post-it if you have to, right? But seriously? <laughs> Yeah. Seriously. I even had one, by the way, this is another reason maybe to not even mystery shop, or maybe some of you can actually I had two, two companies I called, I asked to speak with a founder and they didn't know who that was. Yeah. You mentioned that. That's incredible. Is that, is that crazy? And we're not talking, like we're not talking 5,000 people, businesses, we're talking 20, 30 employees. Right. And don't know who that is. Um, that's your CEO and founder. Oh, I've never met them. We like have what? one of those? Do we do we really have one? <laughs> Wild, right? Yeah. Wild. I'll give you so anyway. I'll give you another example of how this plays out in real life. Um, so it's the middle of winter here um in New Zealand. Well, when I say middle of winter, it's not exactly cold. This is New Zealand, we don't really get cold as such. We kind of get less mild and and sort of in summer it gets sort of more warm. Um but, but anyway. Um, I normally go on a winter holiday and we, I, I just booked it to go to, to Thailand. And I was thinking, I want an amazing gastronomic experience. And I know that if I want consistency and reliability, I just have to go to the Michelin Guide. And the Michelin Guide will give me the best restaurants that you can go to uh, in, in practically every city in the world. Um, although, interestingly, not my country. Anyway, um, so I went to uh, I went to there, and uh, we're going to Bangkok uh, for three days, and we're going to go there for um, uh, just a, a, a quick shopping bit, and then we're going to go to Phuket and and lie by the pool and drink cocktails because you know that's how we roll. Um, anyway, so we um, so we looked in uh, looked in the Michelin Guide. You can jump online. I, I'm, I don't advocate for the Michelin Guide, by the way. It's just where you go if you want to find an amazing restaurant. And there was two two star Michelin restaurants and there's one star. We got into a one star because you often you know, book a long way in advance. And you just know that every single time I've been to a Michelin starred restaurant, they have the most amazing systems designed and, and refined over such a, a, a long period of time that they get it right all the time, which is why the interesting part is if you get a Michelin star, it's very rare that you get a Michelin star, which is the highest or one of the highest uh, re um, recognitions of your, your expertise in food. You don't often lose it because you've developed a system that's that good. They tend to get better and better and better, not worse. So if you can, you can achieve that level of, of, of perfection, of, of, of brilliance in what you do, you're probably going to get better at it, not worse at it, because you've got systems and processes and that sort of stuff to actually make sure that the standards are kept. And the last time I was in Bangkok, I went to this place called Savilberg, which is an amazing restaurant. Um, and everything that they did was personalized within a system. And it was such a fabulous experience. They were so good at their jobs, each and every person that you came in contact with, that they had this the system and this process of bringing the food out and explaining where it came from and that sort of thing, but they were friendly and and and, and engaging and that sort of thing. So they had their own personal traits, but they they still followed a, a well proven system. And I know this because I was listening to the conversation they were having with the people on the table next door to me, and it was the same conversation and it covered off the same things 
in more or less the same way, but they did it in this beautiful personalized way. It was fabulous. The experience was incredible. Um, by the way, if you go to Bangkok, I recommend Savelberg. Um, but the systemization of things will set you free to, to, to be as personalized as you want. But without that as a basis for what you're doing, you're going to be struggling to get it right. No, excellent advice. So start with your systems, but go back. Um, guys, fo follow follow the recipe. Stop reinventing the wheel. You know, if you're struggling with something, some kind of challenge, somebody's done it before. And if you need help finding what it is or, you know, curating which of the six things you found is the best, you know, reach out to us. That's what we do. That's why we're here. Exactly. And if you're struggling to, or if you would like to put together a strategy for your business, for how you're going to grow your business and take it forward, we wrote a book for you. And we wrote a book <laughs> on, like, the recipe. Of, how long have we been doing this? Like 45 years between us or something? Yeah, more like, than that now. <laughs> yeah, a, mine's not as great as yours, but it's pretty great. <laughs> there is a way of doing stuff. We've captured that in the in, the, in this amazing book. Um, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can actually just grab the book, follow it through. We'll give you help as you as you do it, um, and and you'll right. get the results. We know That's, because we've been doing this for so long. Right. It's not even just the book. We. You, you meet with us, okay, too. So not trying to pitch everybody, but if you're struggling with this stuff, I mean, again, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's so many resources out there and we've tried to provide one that's really good for you as well. But uh, so thank everybody for listening. Best Small Business in the World podcast. Please make sure you share with your friends. We love, want to help other business owners and, and start increasing our reach.